Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of the Causeway Street Podcast is powered by ExpressVPN. You can stream every NBA game live for a fraction of the normal cost. Visit expressvpn.com slash street to learn more. I'm Mike Gorman, along with Tom Heinsohn. I'm Mike Gorman, along with Tom Heinsohn. Welcome to our coverage of Celtic basketball. Stolen by Byrne and a cut to DJ. Yes! Unbelievable! Beard for the game. Got it! Mike is a true professional. He's been doing his job with class for a long time. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Gorman. Welcome to our look back at the Celtics' 1982-83 season. We are here at Hellenic College. Tom Heinsohn joining me as we talk with players and coaches here at Media Day. He's built a great fan base and network here um, in Boston, and everybody appreciates him for Third with the pass to the legs of Sigma. Knocked away. Especially the people that play for the Celtics and that live in Boston know how you know, much he means to this team and this city and this organization. I want to show you his peanuts, folks. People, <laughs> it's peanuts. He, every game, if you hear him, he's munching on peanuts. Mike's a character. You know, uh, I didn't think Mike was as funny as he really is. When I first like met him, I didn't know, you know, but he's a, he's a good guy. He makes me laugh, and, uh, you know, uh, I have the utmost respect for those guys. All right, episode 200, Causeway Street Podcast. Fellas, we have made it. 200 episodes of this podcast. It's pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. Sean Ducci here. Can't believe we got it. I am Josue Pavone. Joel Pavone. How you fellas? How are you feeling today? We got a very special episode. Feeling uh, feeling all right. Joel? I can't believe this is the 200th time that I have to speak to both of you guys <laughs> at the same oh, damn time. Oh, it's like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is celebratory. Come on, man. All right. All right be be right. nice. We got a very special guest, okay? Yeah. No, you're right. It's, 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 it's a celebration. <laughs> at the same time. 
It's also a reflection. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Leave Joel to make it so dark. But yeah, yeah like exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll save that conversation for after uh, our conversation with Mike Gorman, who joins us right now on the Causeway Street podcast. Uh, Mike Gorman, Celtics play-by-play TV. Now, man, I don't even have to tell you guys who this guy is. He's, he's no a introduction. No introduction is needed, but there it is for Mike Gorman, who joins us on the Causeway Street podcast for the very first time. What's going on, Mike? Yeah, but it took you 200 shows to call me. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? Oh, is that why you're so upset, Joel? Yeah. You should have led with that then. Yeah. That's what you should have said. Well, Mike, we did have uh, Antoine Walker on for the show 100, so we wait for the big guests. The big, big guests for, uh, for, for the big big episodes. Right. So welcome in. Thank you. So, Mike, this Celtics team, I mean, a month ago, everybody's like, okay, here we go. Look out. This is the team that's going to be able to knock off the Bucks, you know, down the road or top the Eastern Conference. They're on the verge of doing that. And then came the three-game skid. Coming off of what we saw in Milwaukee, how are you feeling about this team? Has that has anything changed uh, compared to before you went to Milwaukee to see this uh, that matchup between the Celtics and the Bucks, where the, the, the Bucks really gave it to the Celtics? Despite the comeback, it was still a loss. Yeah, I, I don't think anything has really changed. I think we had a string there of games against not-so-good teams. And so uh, we tended to look pretty good by comparison. Uh, but now I think things are catching up a little bit, and you start to see the Indiana Pacers more, start to see a healthy Toronto more, start to see Milwaukee more. Uh, they're going to see Miami next week. Um, now we're starting to play the better team. So I, I think we get a more realistic, realistic look of, of, of where this team is at and probably get a more realistic uh, idea of what they still may need to add to, to be as good as they want to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost – timing's almost really – Really perfect for this team to get into this tough, uh, tough Eastern Conference schedule right before the trade deadline. Uh, so they can judge themselves. But, uh, Mike, real, real quick, M- Milwaukee seems to be the class of the East. I think that's pretty much set in stone, uh, especially after what we saw what they did to the Celtics, at least in the first half of that, uh, game in Milwaukee the other night. After that, though, it gets a little murky. From two through six, we see a lot of teams, including the Celtics in there. Um, battling for who's going to contend with the Bucks in, in the East. Um, from your perspective, who, who do you have there? Who do you think will end up as the, uh, the second best team in the Eastern Conference? So I think the Celtics will end up there. Um, okay. I, but, I think, but I think the gap between one and two is going to be large. Uh, I think Milwaukee will have clinched a long time before the Celtics are clinching any kind of playoff spot. Um, I think the biggest thing we saw in that Milwaukee game the other night is that they, A, they're for real and, and, and B, they're a really good defensive team. You know, there's just a, a, a tendency to think about them as to think about Giannis all the time and how good he is, what he's able to do and how underrated Middleton is, uh, whether guys are all playing well. And then you look at the stats in the league and you say, oh yeah, they're also the number one defensive team in the league. And that showed in the first half against the Celtics the other night. And, you know, we all know that the defense ultimately or usually uh, comes out in the end. So, um, in answer to your question, I think the battle it between Boston, Toronto, Indiana, Miami, uh, for that second spot and, and Philadelphia, uh, comes down to who plays the better defense the second half of the year, uh, and who's able to, uh, play a high level of basketball over the last 30 games of the year. And that's, you know, one of the things of all these years I've been hanging around the NBA, I find is that usually about the first 30, 35 games, teams are trying to figure out where they are in the NBA food chain that particular year. Um, then they, they take about 25 games where they're just kind of bored. Uh, and then they get up again for the last 30 games going into regular season to try to get a playoff positioning. And I think the boredom has hit a little early this year. Usually it's the end of January 
uh, middle of February, then you see kind of the dog days of the NBA. You're seeing some of them here now early, and I think um, I'm not sure what that's an indication of, but I think for the Celtics' point of view, I think they need to turn around and get their act together here. And uh, but if they if they're going to lose, lose playing the way the Celtics want to play. Don't lose the way the other team is forcing you to play. Mm. And late, lately, I've seen the Celtics play to other to the level of other teams as opposed to just going out there and being themselves. Are you surprised the way the Celtics started off this season? And what were your expectations before you saw game one of the preseason? Well, my expectations pretty much all along have been they thought that they were right there, the second best team in, in the Eastern Conference. They'll, they'll fight for that position. Um, I, I think the big thing about being number two, if you get to that spot, is you avoid Milwaukee potentially until the Eastern Conference final. And so I think I think that's very important for the Celtics, and I'm sure that's on the minds of the Sixers, on the minds of the Raptors, on the minds of the Heat, on the minds of the Pacers, all teams that have the potential to be there. It's like go for that number two spot. Get get yourself in at number two, and then maybe somebody does you a favor and knocks off Milwaukee in the first or second round of the playoffs, but you don't have to deal with them until the third round. That's very important for the Celtics, I think, is to get that number two spot. I, I don't think anybody catches Milwaukee. Yeah, number two could be huge too for a couple of reasons. They could avoid avoid Milwaukee, the way the bracket breaks out, right? And then right. they could avoid Philly, which we've struggled against Philly this yep. year because of uh, you know. And then <coughs> hey, does Philly do us a favor? You know, like you said, so that right. number two spot huge. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and do the Celtics make a deal? Yeah, right. To, to, to change all this, I, I don't think that's out of the question. I'm not I'm not in favor of too many of the deals that I necessarily have seen people propose on paper, but. Um, I, I do know that Danny answers his phone all the time. That's actually a great. So, lead, uh, yeah, that's actually a great lead into my to my next question. Um, what's what's the most glaring weaknesses that you would say for the Celtics team? What's something that you you would love to see Danny Ainge address before the trade deadline? Well, I, I, I think I think you need a big guy who is has. I, I, I think you need a big guy. I think hmm. uh, Cantor and 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 uh, Tice have done a really good fill in job uh, and have done played as well as they can individually. But you get into the playoffs, it's going to be hard to play two guys at that position. You want to have one guy who can who could be your guy against the Embiid's of the world. Uh, and I think that's what they were hoping for. Um, but the injuries have, have forced Robert to the sidelines. Um, and uh, we, we need to – if we get him back, maybe a little bit of a different story. But the, the other thing, too, is Boston could address their bench. The bench is not as good as I hoped it would be. Um, and we need somebody to come off the bench and score. And we don't have that right now. People like Trevor Ariza is a possible guy who's floating around out there. Jamal Crawford. I've always thought Jamal Crawford would look, would look good in a Celtic uniform. Yeah, same. Same uh, here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I think a scorer off the bench and a big would be the two things on Danny's shopping list. Yeah, see, I, I think after Thursday night, that, that's what I learned about this team, that they need that shooter off the bench. They that's also the need, biggest weakness I see. Right. And, More and, than a big, in my opinion. And I feel like that's, yeah, in my opinion too. And I, and I think that's something that when you compare these two teams, like that, that's a, a one that really gets exposed when you're going up against the Bucks, Especially when you have Marcus Smart start because oh, then yeah. your Brown second out, unit so is really second unit yeah. really, really gets affected that's big true. time. Mm-hmm. Carson Edwards hole. That's what it is. And they, also, they brought him in. Well, it is. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a good observation. You know, because yeah. um, Tommy was really on that bandwagon early. He, he he really thought Carson Edwards could be the next Manny Johnson. Um, <laughs> oh, <the microwave. laughs> man, that's early. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, defending the three point line too. That, that, that obviously stood out against the Bucks. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing with Milwaukee is you just, every player on the court is trying to figure out where Giannis is and is he going to embarrass me on this trip up the court? 
Um, <laughs> that's, true. that's true. And then and then players like Brooke Lopez looking like Clay Thompson in the first half. I could have believed yes. some of those shots he was putting up. Yeah, yeah I know. They, well, they, they got a lot of guys who who know what they do well, and that's what they do. Yep. You know, uh, you don't see his brother putting up those shots. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know he. But, Never really but, see much but of his he, brother actually. No, but when, when he's in there, he makes steals. He gets big rebounds. Oh, he'll, yeah. make a, he'll get a block shot. Um, again, one of the common things that again I see over the years is is when when you look at a team blank blank Celtics or the blank blank Knicks uh whatever year you pick you 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 know there's always a Magic Johnson there's always a Larry Bird but then then you look down and they had a bunch of guys after that who knew what they did and who put out and just did that particular skill right. um right. like the Dennis Rodmans of the world who mm-hmm. just you know made all-star teams by never shooting but getting every rebound in the world um I think we need guys with 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 a shooting skills off the bench uh, that we don't have right now. We have some tough kids off the bench. We have some kids who play hard off the bench, but uh, we don't have a shooter off the bench. And I think people thought uh, Carson was going to be that guy, but uh, not yet anyway. You know, Mike, uh, you've been calling these games for so many years. I mean, it's just the, the, the voice that so many people recognize, so many diehard Celtics fans recognize. And I, I got to ask you this well, one question. Uh, this might be a tough one, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. Who is your favorite, like, Give me like a top three Celtics player that that you cover. Who are some of your favorites? Paul Pierce, number one. Ooh. Okay, uh, without hesitation. I love yeah. it. Larry Larry Bird, number two. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I'd have to think about the third one. Um, but Paul Pierce, number one for sure. Hmm. Uh, and, and a big part of the reason is you know when I when I did the Celtics in the eighties, I only did the home games, so I, I didn't travel hmm. with the team, and and and, and, and that's where you form relationships with the players when you're right. traveling because when you're home everybody goes their separate ways they come in they play the game and everybody goes their separate ways when you're on the road everybody's going for the bus to, to get on the airplane to go get your bags at the hotel at 3 a.m the next morning when you're checking in someplace and that's where you build relationships or get friendly with guys and so i <clears throat> excuse me i had a chance to really do paul pierce's whole career i did larry bird's whole career but i didn't do the, his away games right but paul pierce i did all of his games um, and Paul and I just became friends over a period of time, mostly because I used to have this little routine where Paul would come and, you know, give me a little hug in the, in the layup lines before the game. And people would always say, that's really nice. And I say, and I wouldn't tell him, I'd say, yeah, Paul's a really good kid. But what would happen is Paul would come up and give me a little hug. And I would tell him like, you know, the, the first names of the three officials and who was working the game that night. Oh, wow. A little strategy in there. Huh? <laughs> That's yeah. funny. And then, and then Paul would take off and, and go through the line. I'd see him and go up to you know, each official and go, hey, Benny, how you doing? Nice. <laughs> wow. which, of, which, of course, the... made their day, too. Oh, you know, yeah. every official was like, oh, wow, this guy knows my name. Yeah. Especially That's not like so the big funny. name guys, like the, you know, the Joey Crawford. Right, the right. So, guys, so yeah. Mike Gorman is the reason why Paul Pierce went, lived at the free throw line. Lived at the wow, line. Wow, I yeah. never knew That's that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I take some credit for that. <laughs> you should. You should. You should. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Oh, man. So, Mike, Celtics-Lakers on Monday. A little preview here. Um, obviously, there's been – name it with Celtics-Lakers in the past and now Celtics-LeBron in the present, right? Right. Instead of previewing, let's – real quick, what is your favorite Celtics-Lakers memory? Uh, you probably have a thousand of them, but what 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 stands out to you? 
well, well, beaten LA by a hundred or whatever it was in that um, oh, yeah. championship. Oh, championship. Six. man. Yeah. But yeah. it's funny because even in the fourth quarter, I'm like, come on, Celtics, pull this out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, that's probably the, my best memory. And also, that same series, the performance that Eddie House put on out there, um, mm. that, that, that won a game out there for us, uh, was, was really good. Um, but, um, definitely the, the blowout win because I, because what happened is once people realized it, um, they just, had a whole half to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right. and, and it was, it just became like a party in the garden for like an hour and a half or two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at the time I, I remember the last time I spoke and, and I didn't really speak that much to him, but, um, when Kobe was playing his last game, he came by and gave me a little hug. Um, and I said to him when he hugged me, I said, you were the best villain. <laughs> and, you know he loved that. Oh, he did. Yeah. I guess, guess he was. He was. He was, he was the guy you love to root against yeah. if you were a Celtic fan, you know? Yeah, it's one of the things, and it was tough to have relationships. I have a lot of memories, but my memories are more of watching the game than doing the game with the Lakers because those were always network games. And we never got to do them. Oh, um, yeah. And actually, during, if you remember, the Lakers used to be, Lakers and Celtics used to be every Sunday afternoon. It was like they had a regular series. Mm-hmm. It was always CBS choices to do games. So I, I'd go six, seven-year periods where I'd do maybe one Laker game. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Because everything, everything else was either deep in the playoffs when the, the networks had it or it was just a, the games. The networks have a – they can take up to 12 games a year away from the locals and, and, and claim exclusivity to them. And they get to cherry-pick the schedule at the beginning of the year to do that. So um, in, in our case, the, the trip to Boston, the L.A. game in Boston and the Boston game in L.A. were gone in the first two or three picks. Mm. Um so, yeah, if you look back, we, Tommy and I never did those games at all. We always sit on the sidelines. You Are you on on Monday or no? No. Oh. Yeah, it's I'm okay there, yeah. No. Uh, oh, no. yeah, yeah, they have the huge, the, the yeah. huge day, yeah. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, it should so, be a great game. game is Davis going to play? Have you heard anything about that? What's that? Uh, he's still, that's still is up Davis going to play? Still up in the he's air. still up in the air, yeah. Anthony Davis, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So you mentioned um, game six of the of uh, the 2008 finals. As uh, one of your favorite Celtics Lakers moment, even though you weren't calling that game, what about a favorite moment of a game that you did call? Um, when uh, Bird stole the inbounds pass from Isaiah. Oh, uh, that's a good that's one. Right. Yeah, that was a great game. It was a great game for right up into and through the final play of the game. Did you think it was? Um, um, it, it's funny they used they used to use Johnny Most call whenever you hear the highlights of it, and. Um, I, I often wondered why he was Johnny Most calling, and, and somebody said, replay, "Listen to the replay." And what I thought Dennis Johnson was fouled, oh, uh, so yeah. my, my my call was, you know, Bird steals it on the cut to GJ, yes, and a foul. And so um, <laughs> fi- finally, a, a friend of mine, this is maybe ten years ago, went through all the archives that they had. At, uh, I don't know who we were ten years ago at the time, but uh, when we've been Sports Channel, we've been Fox Sports, we've been everything in the world at one point, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> this this guy went through all of the uh, the footage that exist everywhere and erased my uh, and the foul. Oh. Um, and and then people started using it again when they started doing features and asked for that piece of footage. They, I was back li- alive and well all of a sudden. So there you go. Oh, that, that's too funny. <laughs> hey, technology's working out for you there, Mike. There you go. It's not, you always want a friend in the edit room with you. Oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah. True, that's true. No, and you know what? That's funny too because. The pressure, right? The pressure on like a big p- call like that, like right. one little slip up, like, and that's 
That's how it's going to be here. It's like the, it's like the Maxwell and, and Grandy. Uh, I got the ball. I got the ball. And then Grandy was doing the whole, you know, oh, yeah, the yeah, epic yeah. monarchy yeah. regains the yeah. throne. Right. And Max is just screaming. <laughs> yeah, that's Max, though. They could, if, he, if he wasn't chiming in there, though. Well, we should, we're going to hear that for years, oh, though. But yeah. we'll yeah. always remember that they added that. So, so Max wasn't, wasn't in it. That's, yeah. Um, you know, you talk about Paul Pierce. But I, I always think of those, uh, how many... Uh, games he closed out and just hearing that epic, you know, Pierce for the game, got it. Like, was that yeah. something that just happened organically, or was that going? Were you using that even before Paul Pierce? Uh, signed no, the it's a lot. A lot of stuff is it's, it's, the best calls are when they just happen, and you know, right? I can you imagine. Can't, you can't, it, my job, the, the thing that I think makes guys bad broadcasters is they try to over prepare for a game, mm. um, and you know, Tommy said to me in one of the very first games we ever did. He, he looked down. I had a bunch of notes in front of me. They were all color coded with guys' weight and height and where they went to college and how many brothers and sisters they had and all this bullshit. Um, <laughs> and, and and so Tommy Tommy looked at me. He said, "What do you what do you need all that for?" He said, "Don't you understand? We want to talk about what happens in front of us right now." Um, and and that's the best advice I can give to any young broadcaster is that, that wants to do play by play. Is yes, have your roster. Of course, you need to know who the players are. Um, but that's about all you need to know. You don't need to know four different stories of their background. Um, what you want to do is, to, in this day and age, nobody stumbles on a basketball game and decides to watch it because there's five thousand channels you have to choose from. Mm. It isn't like when I was a kid. There were three stations in Boston. Um, so. Nobody's anybody who's watching the game watches the game because they know the players, they know all that stuff. They want to know what you think of what, what Tom Heinsohn thinks of what's happening right now on the court, not what what Tom Heinsohn thinks of Tom of, of Joe Blow's sister. Uh, so um, it's 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 really fun for me now because I don't do, to be honest with you, I don't do a lot of homework. I just go and I sit down next to Scal, I sit down next to Tommy. And I just kind of talk about what I see in front of me. Well, yeah, Mike, um, I don't think you need to do too much homework now. I mean, you've been, <laughs> you sort of wrote the book at this yeah, point, Mike. It's got you this far. <laughs> well, well, it, it, it's, it's, well, it's funny. It, it did, you know, all those years I did the home games, uh, when the Celtics were on the road, I did the Big East. So, so many of the basketball players that I did, Ray Allen, for instance, I met Ray Allen for the first time when he was a freshman at UConn. So, wow. I mean, I, I had known these guys all along. So when they got to the pros, they were rookies to other people, but I had already done 30 games they had been involved in. So um, one complimented the other. Uh, then about, well, it's about 20 years ago now, I guess. Time goes by pretty fast. Um, the Celtics asked me to do all the games. And so I gave up doing college basketball. And now it's tougher because I'll, there aren't that many guys that I remember from, from the old days. Now <laughs> there are all these kids that I look at. Like Golden State's roster, you know, and I'm just like, well, I don't know anybody on this roster. Yeah, that roster's tough, man. You're, you're not alone. <laughs> this year's Golden State, you're not alone. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And then the the other things they're doing, and this is just a a complaint. I won't use the other word. I was going to use it's a complaint on my part. Yeah, you can use that word. Use that word too much. All the all the teams around the NBA are selling the courtside seats and taking the announcers and pushing them way back up to the balcony somewhere and they i don't i don't think they understand they being the nba how drastically that's going to change the game for the television viewer because when i'm sitting down on the court i hear what people play to say to each other i know what the coach is saying i know what the coach is saying to the official who just what they just happened three feet in front of me so i can relate stuff to people that, and, and and we can relate the game in a totally different way when you're 30 rows back and 20 feet high off the court you 
you might as well be doing in the game in your living room. Right. Yeah. You're part. You're part of the game when you're that close. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And when you when you're not part of the game and you're just the observer from a distance, um, everything from the audio mix that people hear in their ear to again, that's why announcers start talking about all this stuff that they did this research to try to uh, fill time. Um, it just gets kind of boring, I find. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm on the downside of the curve as opposed to the upside of the curve right now. <laughs> I think it's going to be. I think yeah. it's going to be tough for guys in the future. I really think it's the. I've already seen it with the because I've done it a couple of years myself with the, the Olympics. Is NBC now hires all these announcers and they go to uh, Stanford, Connecticut, and they put you in a booth the size of like a large old fashioned phone booth with a stats guy and a color guy and about a 15 inch monitor and they take an international feed of the game from wherever it is where the olympics are being held and you call the game off the monitor wow <laughs> that's great uh, and, and you have no control you never know when they're going to switch cameras because you have no communication with the director right but people who's doing it they just put out what they call an international feed and you take that feed um so that's where the nba is going because they the individual owners want to sell all those, as many of the courtside seats as they can. So that's for what traditional media seats now are going to be sold. And where are you going to put the media? Well, move them up, move them up, move them up. Um, it's, it's, it's not, it's not good, but already in Washington, Philadelphia, Charlotte. Yeah. You know, Mike, uh, that's, uh, that's interesting because there's a, there's actually a, a, um, a member of the media who does that for, for, for China. And he, because of, you know, for obvious reasons, beginning of the season, he wasn't around mm-hmm. the team at all. And then he rejoined the, the, uh, the media, but he does it all the way from the ninth floor. You know how they break up the media, yeah, media sections. Yeah. And he's, he's literally doing play by play in Chinese from the ninth floor. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. So, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I see that you can't, I don't know. I guess it's somewhere to strap binoculars on your head. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I literally mean, like you can't see. Right. On the ninth floor. You, you can't see because you can't see numbers. No. Uh, so you, you just, and everybody looks the same size. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's no fun. And, it, and again, I think the people are not say, oh, this guy's not very good. Well, I you know, give him a chance to be good. Yeah, uh, right. 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 Yeah, He's the proper resources. Stick down there. Hey, Mike, uh, how's Tommy doing, by the way? He's good. Um, but I don't want to time date your, your, your podcast here, but we're working together tonight for, uh, for the first time in a while. So that's oh, great. that's great. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, speaking of Tommy, favorite Tommy story. I'm sure you must get this question a lot. <laughs> Or is, favorite, it, is, is it hard to pick one? <laughs> it's hard, it's hard it's to pick one. One of, the, one of the great visual ones is, um, and they still have this footage uh, that they throw in every once in a while. This was right after the hurricane down in New Orleans. They were trying to get people to eat seafood again. So um, what they would do is, is in, at halftime for the announcers, they would bring out this tremendous, and I mean tremendous, uh, bowl of, of of everything everything from oysters to clams mm. to to just every kind of seafood you can think of um and it's everything is fried the, the, the shrimp are fried the clams are fried you name it it's fried um <laughs> and 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 probably just sat there the second half with this huge cup of tartar sauce and, and another cup of ketchup <laughs> in front of him just wolfing down this thing you know and uh and we would catch him for we would catch him for replays, and if you were home listening, you're going like, "What's the matter with that guy's speech?" Well, no, <laughs> he had like a mouthful of shrimp at the time, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> but um, but he, he just enjoyed every minute of it. Um, 
It was like, the best free, best free food we ever got. That's <laughs> like, a what? mouthful of tatas. What a, what a bogus, <clears throat> what a yeah, bogus right. call. <laughs> Yeah. I can't imagine. I love tartar sauce too, so I'm definitely uh, that guy. I'm like freaking yeah, drenching it all oh, over that man. seafood platter. That sounds amazing. Too yeah, it, it was. And, and he just is, again, if you, saw, if you see the footage, I'll, I'll try to get a loop of it sometime and show it to me. He's, yeah, he's just the happiest guy in the world. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, Mike, I, I just want to say I can't have you on a podcast without telling you, like, you and Tommy, you guys are inspirations, man. Like, for real. Um, Growing up a Celtics fan, had you guys on every single night through the good years, the bad years. You guys have been consistent over the time. And, uh, like, I can't say enough. I, I'm so happy that you came on the podcast. Uh, literally, we doing this basically because we were inspired by you. So, uh, I, I thank you for that. And I thank, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm flattered. Yeah. I'll see you on part. I'll see you on podcast number four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. two, hey, two hundred one. You never know. Now yeah. we're gonna hold you to that, man. <laughs> Mike Gorman's the new fourth person in. <laughs> Mike, um, I I'd be remiss not to ask you uh, about last season. Uh, I know most Celtics fans they say they've already forgotten about it, but you're obviously you were someone that's been around that that was around that roster a lot a season ago. In your eyes. Why did it seem so dysfunctional, despite many current players on this roster that were here a season ago say that it wasn't just one sole reason? In your opinion, what went wrong? They, they tried to put a square peg in a round hole and it didn't work. Oh. I mean, it, it really okay. – I, I, I don't want to get into you – know, That's not enough. From a, from a play-by-play guy's point of view, from a play-by-play guy's point of view, Kyrie is wonderful to do because he just – he gives you great opportunities to make great calls because he makes such really – great plays on the court and has the best handle of anybody I've ever uh, had the pleasure of doing their broadcasts. Um, so I loved watching him and calling him on the floor off the floor. Again, I don't, I'm not that close with this, with this bunch, but off the floor, it just seemed like it. Dwight Evans, the former outfielder for the Red Sox way back when once had a line where he said, somebody asked him about the Red Sox team. How were they? And he said, 25 guys, 25 caps. Um, uh-huh. And uh, I, I thought that pretty much summed up last year's Celtic team. There was the, nobody wanted to hang around for whatever reasons. Uh, was encouraged to or coerced into hanging around with each other, and guys just kind of went their own way. And uh, it, it, it just was it was tough to do games. It was hard to do games because you'd see guys standing around, you could see guys wondering what their role was, who they were supposed to be. I mean, if you were if you were Jason Tatum or, or you were Jalen Brown. Um, you thought coming off two years ago, this, this is my breakthrough year. This is, you know, here we go. We get to within a quarter of getting to the NBA finals and, and now we're back and we get these two other guys. Well, these two other guys turn out to be the one who needs the ball and demands the ball to be successful. And the other guy who needs the ball in his hands to make other people try to be successful, which would, would be Hayward. So, um, Instead of you're coming off a team again that is, is, is a quarter away, a couple of three-point field goals away from the NBA Finals, and all of a sudden you're integrating two guys into that lineup, not like at the six and seven or seven and eight positions, but the one and two positions. Yeah. And um, so all of a sudden, if you're a Tatum, if you're uh, Brown, you're like WTF here, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, seriously, I mean, you're yeah, just like, especially hey, Jalen Brown, especially Jalen. Yeah, yeah. And so um, again, it just. He was never, he being Kyrie is, is again, is, is 
tremendously skilled player, but he is never what I would call an inclusive player in terms of making other people around him necessarily better. Um, uh, Kemba does make other people better uh, and is, is a wash pretty much in terms of points per game or whatever, maybe two or three points in Kyrie's favor. But um, he's just such a positive guy and such a positive influence and really just wants to win games and doesn't care really how they win games. There's the same smile on his face as you guys see when you see him in the locker room after a 30-point uh, win. Um, and he's had only 15 points. He's not like sitting in the corner wondering why didn't I get my shots. He's, he's just happy that they won games. Um, and so it's allowed his freedom, uh, for lack of a way to put it, um, allows Brown to be Brown, Tatum to be Tatum, uh, Smart to be Smart, uh, Hayward to be Hayward. Um, whereas in the, in the, they didn't have that freedom for whatever reason before. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the statistics are staggering in the difference between, between the numbers of the guys this year and last. Um, you know, to lay it on all on Kyrie's doorstep, I'm probably not fair, but you probably could lay most of it on his doorstep. Oh, okay. All right. So based on what you are, were mentioning earlier about if Danny decides to make a move or two, where do you see this this team finishing this season? I, I'm I'm putting you on the spot. I, I got I got to get a Mike Gorman prediction here. Well, I, I nobody's <laughs> going to be surprised with my prediction. I I, I think they finish second. Um, I, I think it's I don't I think Milwaukee Milwaukee's not catchable unless Giannis got hurt, and I don't wish that upon them. So um, I think Milwaukee's Clint will have clinched by the in people's minds first place uh, by the All Star game, and then it's a battle to get that second seed. And get in position uh, in the playoffs where you don't have to see the Bucks until the so, Eastern Conference Finals. Everybody, so everybody's it's a, healthy. It's the Conference Finals. Everybody's healthy. It's the Conference Finals. Who the Celtics? Yes. Um, you guys really wanted to commit to this, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah every, every, everybody, if everybody's healthy throughout the league, um, yeah, I think they're. I think they get there. I think they might run into a seven-game series or two in order to, to get there. But um, yeah, I think they get there. I think I think everybody healthy, and I mean everybody healthy. Um, then I think yeah, I think the Celtics could be the Bucks opponents in the finals. But they'll be underdogs. They'll be big underdogs. All right, there you got it, guys. Mike Gorman, Celtics TV play-by-play announcer, NBC Sports New England. Mike, I know we uh, went a little bit over than the time I thought we were going to be able to get this conversation in, but I cannot thank you enough, I mean, Mike I, Gorman. I thank, thank you for hours. joining us. Yeah, man. This we can talk about it. I thought we were guys. wrapping it up when I gave my whole little soliloquy oh, there for a minute. Oh, but I mean. yeah. <laughs> So did I. We, we, could, we could talk your ear off for hours. I know you got plenty to do. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate it. All right. See you guys in a while. All right. Enjoy All the right. game. Tell Tommy I said hey. You bet. Later. Oh, man. That was a great conversation. Yeah, man, Mike, Mikey, Mikey Gorman. Man, he's the man. Episode two hundred. That was M- a great MG. It's off to a great start. That was a great interview until I tried to wrap it up, and then Joel just decided to ask fourteen more questions. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were done there for a minute. You know what I mean? I had to know, man. Yeah, but Joel, I had to know. Joel does that when we have. They were great though. questions. Whenever we have a guest, Joel is just like right at the end, just like, yeah, I got mad questions well, I want to well, say. Well, I looked at you, and I looked, and you looked at Joel. It was one question, and you guys were like. And I was like, okay, we're done because I want to just tell Mike Gorman yeah. that he's the fucking man. That was that was that was cute, by the way. Good job. Yeah. What? I'm not. What? How was it cute? <laughs> Mike Gorman's the reason why Cosy Street Podcast exists. Is it not? <laughs> he's an inspiration. Not? He's an inspiration. Yeah. The only the only reason why we're here. Why right you make it sound like? like why like, you make it sound like, like, like I, I just said a bad thing, man? No, no, it was cute. It, it was nice. No, it it's like it's like after the NWA movie, and then you just saw clips of Eminem. 
Because because the NWA Eminem exists. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you see that? Really? Yeah, that no, wasn't in the movie. It was in the end. They were showing, he, all, they were showing he, he all the people. He just showing, made that shit up. No, they were showing all the people. <laughs> That were connected to like Dr. Dre so, and Ice Cube and shit like that. If Mike Gorman's Easy E, who's Tommy? <laughs> Dr. Dre. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna go Ice Cube there. I would have gone Ice Cube. No, 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 because Tommy, Tommy never left. Ice Cube left. Oh, Ice Cube did leave. You but know, NWA wasn't shit after Ice Cube. No, left. you know we we talk about how we could talk with him for hours. I feel like he could talk with us for hours. Oh, we, yeah. we, we had a good time. If we didn't have the the game later, I think we would have we'd still be talking. And well, this is like three hours later, guys. This then, is like three hours later. <laughs> <laughs> In real time. <laughs> what game are you talking so, about? So, I don't know. Dude, you forget how radio works, man. We, 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 Same radio we dictate, podcast, bro. We dictate where the episode goes. All right? I know. Okay. But yeah. But Gorman, if he was, yeah, if he didn't have a game to do, yeah, you're right. All right, Sean, you ready? Oh, we looking ahead, bro? Yeah, man. You already know. It's that All time. Alrighty. It's that time of the show. Sean Dutras. When you look ahead. All right. Celtics coming off a loss against the Phoenix Suns. How the hell did that happen? Big, it's January, man. This is the worst month ever. Big old booty game. Big old booty game on Monday night. Booty game, huh? Yeah. Big old booty game. Lakers Celtics in Boston. Hashtag. Guys, who's going? Big booty game. Big booty game of the week. Who's going? I'm going to start a GoFundMe. I'll be there. Told Joel. Oh, yeah. Tell everyone about your idea. You actually you just, said it You said it to both of us. It was a group group text. Yeah. 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 That's how those things work. Oh, I mean, were you really? Is this a, were you serious when you said this? Or? I mean, if I start a GoFundMe, I mean, I'm only looking for about $2,300. But explain to people what the GoFundMe I is. I just want to sit on the front row okay. and hold a sign up that says LeBron is a bitch. That's not that's not what the text said. Wait, wait, wait. So the GoFundMe would be what was the, what was the they're sign? paying for your tickets? No, the sign oh, no. the sign was about um him perform performing oral sex on you. That's what I'm pretty. Oh sure yeah, LeBron sucked my dick. Exactly. Wait, yeah. suck my or LeBron sucks? Sucks. Yeah. Let me let me go back to the text. <laughs> was Tim in this text too? I think the first one you have a better chance of getting on TV. I think. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty so. sure. Go fund me. LeBron sucks. Go- I think that, that no, has a better chance of getting no, on TV. No, but no, no. The first thing he said was, you, you didn't say LeBron sucks. It was something else. It was, it was, I'm about to start a GoFundMe for these tickets so I can bring uh, a LeBron sucks gig sign into the garden. I don't think it's going to make it, man. But, I mean, VIP tickets are only 1200 bucks right now. Row A, that's right. Only. 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 Just right there. That ain't bad, man. I could, I could yeah. spend that right now if I wasn't getting married, but, <laughs> I mean, Paul will probably not get married to me. I feel like you have to... <laughs> Not like, hey, now we can't afford the wedding. Countdown's so. on. Countdown's on. I feel like you can't you can't put that on a sign, man. I don't think it's gonna get you on TV. And if people are paying to get you on TV, they're gonna want to see that happen. All right. Well, you guys tell me what you want to put on a sign. Donate to the GoFundMe page, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> so give an idea and a donation. All right. And I'll be there. Um, we also got a couple other games coming on. Real quick, Celtics Lakers. Uh, first time it's actually meant something in a couple of years, I think. That's true. Last year didn't really mean much, but I mean, it was just we just remember what Ray John Rondo did. But they made a good comeback. Yeah, it was just like the well. scrappy, scrappy Lakers. Like, nah, no one cared, you know. Avery Bradley's gonna be back too. Uh, probably the biggest return of right. the uh, nice guy. Yeah, in the life of Sean Dutra, this is the biggest return to the Garden of the Year. It's in Memphis. Jay Crowder and the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> come back it. to the knew point, to the to the TD Garden. <laughs> I knew it. You love Crowder. Yeah, Crowder's been balling. Crowder's been the 
Memphis, the, Memphis in general has been balling. I picked Mem- them up for a couple of weeks on fantasy. Memphis is all right. They're eighth right now in the West. Yeah, Memphis is twenty win a twenty win Memphis team, which we would have we would have laughed at if we said they were going to be on pace to win forty games this well, year. Right now, because of, because the Grizzlies are a playoff team, like the Celtics are, they would get they would get that draft pick at like twenty one right now. Yeah, that's not looking good. So you can't, you can't even like throw that in a potential deal because they're like, yeah, this is not this is no good to us. It is unprotected this year, right? No, no, no. It's I think next year is unprotected. Isn't it top ten protected this year? This year, I think it's no. I think it's top six. Some weird like <sighs> yeah, that. They ain't gonna get in the top six. I don't yeah, know, man. Unless like they that. unless they fall apart. But Ja Morant, oh, Jesus Christ, man. Ja, where's Ja? Ja, he's been everywhere. The Fire Festival. He's. Been <laughs> yeah, remember that guy on the Fire Festival that said he would, you know? Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, he well, went, uh, to save it. Yeah, to save the to festival. To save it. Yeah, yeah. You want that guy on your squad, boys? You do. You do. But the uh, the rookie John Morant, balling, balled up big time against the the Rockets. You see that play? I sh- I seen the play up in the air. It looked like he was about to yoke it on someone and then dishes it off. Jaron Jackson should have went up and under. Why did he just go up like a fucking dinosaur and get blocked? You know what I mean? Yeah, that would have been the play of the year if he if he finished I that. I don't think he was expecting it though. That would have been the play of the year if he yeah, finished yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I don't think he was expecting. But at least guys. at least up fake. Like you know, someone's around. Like when you, you ain't ready, you ain't ready. You ain't ready, you ain't ready. That's what they told. Him. That's yeah. what they told. Him. So we got the we got the Grizzlies, huh? Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 actually you know as as weak as as you know you would think the Suns and the Grizzlies are, they haven't been easy victories for any team this year, really. No, because they're, 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 they're all, they're the, they're the probably the worst teams in the league that play hard every single night. No, they're part of that, that, that clusterfuck in the West between the eighth and like the 14th seed. Every, hey every, every team minus the Warriors that can still make, they can still get, have a shot yeah, to make the playoffs. The funniest part of that Mike Goldman interview was like, yo, I don't know anyone on the Warriors, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either, man. I don't, don't don't feel bad. If someone was like, "Yo, I'll give you half a million if you could name their starting five, I'd be like, "Uh, uh, uh you would uh, fail." <laughs> I'd be like Javale McGee. They'd be like, "No." <laughs> Two years ago, yeah. Fuck. Uh, I don't even know. The Tell guy. me who are on the Warriors, or I'll blow your fucking head off. Oh shit, all right, man. Just pull the trigger, man. Cause yeah, right. That's, that's that's all. I got nothing. Kevin Looney. <laughs> <laughs> that's Looney. <laughs> uh, excuse me, it's Mune. <laughs> uh, Sounds like Maurice Spates. <laughs> Mitch Richmond. <laughs> oh, shit. Tim Hardaway. Uh, no? And then we wrap it up <laughs> with the Celtics traveling down to sunny Orlando, Florida on the 24th. Uh, uh, which is Friday night against the Orlando Magic. Talk about talk about playing teams that play hard that aren't that don't have good records. Uh, they got the Suns, which Grizzlies, they're sitting at like eighth right now in the East, and Magic. And don't don't sleep on the Magic, man. I mean, for all for everyone saying that the Magic um the are Magic poopy. are are crap. Yeah, they've won twenty games. They have the same record as the Memphis Grizzlies right now. Yeah, that's why they're so, eighth in the East. Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, they were battling injuries too, so the, now they're healthy. The so. Celtics need to be healthy during this sweat stretch. I'm surprised you didn't bring up your boy, who shattered all over the, the Lakers, Markel. Oh you, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Did you, uh, did you see that? <laughs> that that move with the up and under right there? That was that was filthy. You know, Markel Fultz is back in action, man. He's I, raised I, a twenty point mark. I don't want to. Huh? I don't want to. Um, I don't want to pump his brakes too much. Mm. I pump his tires up. Mm. You know, but 
Looking like a number one pick. So, <laughs> so I'm just gonna put that out there. All right, what's the uh, what's all the right. record? What you what do you got? Just Probably three and zero, oh, man. They, they gotta to go three and zero. They gotta go three and zero because I mean, you, you, I mean, the Celtics Lakers game is gonna be a little rivalry game. Yeah, but I think they get an L there. I they do. gotta. They gotta. Nah, man. I do. After what happened with the Bucks, it's on MLK Day. I mean, if Jalen Brown plays, I love that it's on MLK Day too. Yes. That's like that's yes. like like the, the Celtics the, have played on MLK Day in the past, but the, it's never been in Boston. The second biggest day. On the uh, M- after NBA Christmas, count- yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like, that game's huge. I mean, it's gonna come down to the wire, but I don't know. I don't see them. I don't you know, see them winning it. You know, I'll say two is, and one. This is rivalry week because you got Lakers and LeBron, huge rivalry. You got your draft pick <laughs> that's doing way better than they should be doing, and Jay Crowder, and then All you right. got the guy you passed up on in Markel Fultz. Passed up. <laughs> <laughs> the third one's a stretch, like, but the first two like, like mean a, a lot. Like the it, first two like mean it's a, a mistake. lot. <laughs> the first two mean a lot. All right, the first two mean a lot. You mean Danny Ainge wasn't convinced of Markel Fultz? Yeah, I feel like Danny Ainge intentionally fucked Mo- Markel Fultz up in the head. Oh my god! And then traded the pick. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just remember having a bad feeling because that's a stretch. After he made his visit, he was just like, "Yeah, I mean, he didn't." The the key line that Danny Ainge said that stood out to me was when he said. There was nothing about him that we saw that we didn't already know. I'm like, hmm. yeah, that was when when Markel Fultz. You don't was usually hear that from someone who's going to be potentially the first pick. He was the unanimous. Yeah, job. like he was, everybody hey. was on his job. Right, that, that, like like it, it wasn't enough for a debate. Me already, included. It was, it was already, crowded. He was already talking about. <laughs> he was already. You were driving that bus. Oh, that bandwagon. Yeah, for sure. He was already talking about like running plays with Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. He was, yeah. Like, oh, we could, we could both play. We can play off each other. I can play the point. He can run the two, I, or, or, or vice versa. Little did we know, neither of them would be on the team the following <laughs> season. Very true. Very like true. You're trying to build a team, and then they just fucking trade everybody. Well, yeah, it's like when he recruited uh, and Gordon I'm like, Hayward. And, and I'm he's like, like don't worry. Crowder will make up for everything <laughs> that these guys don't lack, that these guys lack, all right? Trade it. Boom. <laughs> the same thing happened to Gordon. Gordon... Pulled up in Waltham and just like, yo, where's Isaiah, man? Let's get this thing going. Uh, uh, about that. Your point guard is Kyrie Irving now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but, but, but that my point. Does that make me LeBron? Like, no, oh, no. Does that make me LeBron? Or? No, no wonder he didn't respond to my text this morning. Well, makes sense. He's like, what an asshole. So um, what number do I have? <laughs> <laughs> yo, you know what? Oh, also one of my favorite parts about the Mike Gorman interview. <laughs> Is recap, he, recap. Yeah, why are you recapping this like it happened like two weeks ago? He, he acknowledged the Carson <laughs> Edwards hole that I've been preaching for months right now. Months. For months. From since, the very beginning. From the very beginning since I've been he, preaching since he the got Carson drafted, Edwards hole. <laughs> Sean Duch has been saying this guy oh, not going to pan out. Oh, no. We got plenty of scoring off the bench. You didn't see he scored eight three-pointers. Yo, I'll, I'll give you credit, though. After that game, you were the only person being like, I'm still not wild. Like, okay, well, yeah. you scored eight three-pointers. I, guess the I gave him his props. I gave him his props when he did yeah, it. Yeah, no, you did give him his props. At the same time, you're like, but we still don't know what he this guy's gonna be. He can't be the guy you rely on to come off the bench. No, but I don't think anyone who legitimately thought that they saw something in him that he was gonna be someone that you rely upon. No, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't think it was more of like, oh, rely on this guy, but you thought that he would be that guy who give you been, that spark. Yeah, off yeah, the bench. he'd be like that bonus guy. Exactly. Yeah. Eleven minutes a game. You know. Average seven points, yeah. something like I mean, that. I mean, like two quick threes. Exactly. Yeah. But that, yeah, that you could, right, though. 
that you could rely on in the yeah. sense of you're going to get that every every single night. Yeah, Gorman's right though. There's Celtics, you know, especially when when you have Smart or or Cantor in the starting lineup, that bench suffers. What about Andre Iguodala? What about him? That's a name I almost brought up to to, to Mike. Well, they, there's 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 a couple of people. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are they refuse to just give him a buy. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're, they're not gonna. gonna do that. They want to trade, but and no one wants to trade for. But you know how these things pan out, though. You usually get what he, the player I mean, gets what he they, gets, what he wants before the deadline. But you know, but the deadline's what March something. Yeah, it's in March. But so my only concern, time. Yeah, yeah. My only, cause, time. my only concern is that I can see him just going out west. Like I don't see. Yeah, yeah. I I that, that was my that was gonna be my next point. I feel like if that buyout does happen. He's, he's going, going to a contender. To he's going. To, he's probably no. going. He's probably going for the Lakers. He's going to make the Warriors great again. No, he's not going to the Warriors. He's going to go to, to a competing team. Obviously, he's not going to go to the Warriors and fucking around. Well, you seem you're really convincing. Yeah. Make Golden State great again. He'll go to he'll, he'll go to the Lakers for all we know. Yo, that's just what, from that Bucks game, man. I, I I never thought that the Celtics needed it so badly, but now I do. They need a yeah. wing defender. A wing defender. But they, they got bad wings, and they also need a shooter. They got bad wings. Yeah, but barbecue. When is he actually going to play? If you're talking about when is he actually going to play? Who? Iguodala. On this team, well, you got Tatum, you got Brown, you got Hayward. When is he going to play? Bro, Shemi Ojale has yeah. been averaging like nine minutes a game. Bro. So so Andre Iguodala is going to come to the Celtics and play nine minutes a game. That's not going to happen. He can, go to, he can go to the Lakers and start right now. No, he can't. Yes, he can. He's coming off the bench regardless. He My, can go to the Clippers play, and start right now. The reason why he can go to the Blazers and start the, right now. The, the, no, no, he, he can go. He won't go to the Blazers. The reason why he can I go say anywhere and start. He's going to go to the West Coast team because he's, he's going to go with the team that has the best chances of winning it all. Whether it's the Clippers, what about Houston? Whether it's the Rockets, I was Houston. Say he can that. Go to Houston and be an impact. Player. Or whether it's the Lakers. Those are my three. Predictions. Can you agree one of with those me that teams. he's not coming to the Celtics? It doesn't make any fucking no, sense. No, I at all. agree. That's my whole point, Sean. Why I are you brought. Talking, then? That's why I didn't bring it up to Mike. That's what but, literally what I was going to say. What about Jamal Crawford? What's fucking spaz. What about Jamal Crawford? Though? What about him? I, that's that's the perfect fit. Yeah, that would it would we, be. We've been saying that for months now. It would be. That's the other guy. That's the guy who you I just fill in the Carson Edwards. I, I just before I the him to come here before year. the Bucks game, I never thought that that was such a huge. Concern for this team, but, but now I, it is. But I don't think it is when you have everybody, because if you remember the no, Bucks game, it still is. No, because Marcus Smart, Smart's not going to put up twenty every night. That's, he doesn't need. I, to. He doesn't do they that. They didn't have Jalen Brown in that game. And if you want to, if you want to say the Celtics need to be fully healthy against those top teams to be to be competitive, yeah, they do. Yeah, because but I think it goes beyond that. Sean. No, but they don't. That still doesn't. It still doesn't give them. But wait, the return of Jalen Brown still doesn't give the second unit a, a shooter. But it. But it. No. They need they or need a, score. they need a shooter. I don't think Iguodala is there. The only re- reason why I would bring Iguodala in is to defend. And I think if you have Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart going back and you know doing fifty fifty on onto the Koopa, it's a different story. Then if you have Marcus Smart and then you're like, oh, shit. see, but my thing is, Ojale's like, got to come in. And, no, and, and, no, no, no. And, and, see, and listen, at the end no. of the day, at the end of the day, the Celtics know how to beat the Bucks. The Bucks can beat the Celtics if they have Brooke Lopez and Dante DiVincenzo and fucking yeah, exactly. All See, those players just—it's the other. Off. It's the other guys that are beating the Celtics. It's almost like what we used to say about LeBron James in those years. LeBron's going to get his regardless. Giannis is going to get his regardless. It's the other guys that are beating you. But real, you just named a lot of guys that that crushed the Celtics. But they, but they normally they like in a seven game series. Are you betting on Brooke Lopez and Dante DiVincenzo? Gave the Celtics a gentleman sweep last season, man. Like and I don't the think Celtics the Celtics know how to beat the Bucks. You said that with a lot of confidence. I don't think they know how to beat the if Bucks. You're, if you're, if that you're comeback about, that if, they made at the beginning of the season, that was impressive. If you're talking about a big but you man, can't rely on that. If you're game. talking about a team that has holes, Jesus Christ, last year was a team that has holes. 
It wasn't holes. It was personality wise. Yeah, but the they, talent. But was they there. once they got to the Bucks last year. Once they got to the Bucks, they basically were like, "Yo, we got no fucking chance. That's it. It's done." Yeah, like, hey, no, it. that's not how you I, felt I, Easter yeah, Easter yeah. afternoon. You didn't feel that way. How do you? Yeah, when how the Celtics out by twenty points from, yeah. from tip to the end of the game. Oh yeah, that first game was great, but then after that, like you realize, like if I told you that they were going to win the next four, you would have thought it was crazy. No, but that, but no, I don't think I don't think so. Let's pull the fucking podcast back because. <laughs> I was telling you <laughs> guys that it. I was telling you guys that the Bucks were fucking gonna win that series. I was the only guy that said that. No, I know. That's I was true. the only guy that said that. That's on true. This You're podcast. right. I thought that they would buy out in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors, but that doesn't. What do you call? It? That doesn't excuse the fact that this Bucks team, or at least Brad Stevens, hasn't figured out how to beat the Bucks. No, I, I don't I, believe that I, at all. I I think that when the Celtics are fully healthy in this year's edition of the Celtics, as constituted right now, and even more so if they get some bench help. Just scoring. I don't. I don't think defense is a problem. I Crawford, think then up. you're looking at you're looking at a team that is built to beat the Bucks in a seven game series because the Bucks could probably go like they did against the Raptors, like two up. But then like after that, like if the, the Brook Lopez game is gone, the Divisenjo game is gone. Yeah. They don't got. They don't got Malcolm Brogdon no more. They got to rely on loss. Eric Bledsoe. Give you that. They got to rely adjusted. on Chris Middleton. Like the, those players ain't ain't showing up for a seven game series against a big team, and we've seen that in the past. Yeah, but see the guys that you were talking about, the Lopez's and the people who are knocking down threes off the bench. Those guys take the pressure off of someone like Chris Middleton, who everyone was saying, okay, Chris Middleton has to be who he was two years ago in order for this team to make it back to the NBA Finals. That's not necessarily the case anymore. And look, if we're talking about which team is built for the long run, it's the Celtics by a mile. By a mile. But right now, the Bucks are the Bucks are for real. Like They're on a crash course to face the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think that they have a better chance than most people want to say of making it to the NBA Finals in the Celtics. Like, yeah, no, the Bucks. The Bucks right now have it's, the it's best a, there's chance. There's a significant gap. The like Bucks, Mike said, there's a significant gap. The Bucks have the best Celtics chance of making it there, but I also think if they run into the Celtics, if they run into the Celtics, because I think the Celtics match up probably better against the Bucks than a couple of the teams in the Eastern Conference, including right now. the Sixers. Say it. They match up better with the Bucks than the Sixers, and a, and a seven game series. Because the game, I, I the game don't know slows what, down. I don't know what happened on Christmas Day, but I, I agree with that. Yeah, yo, <laughs> the game slows down in the playoffs, and the Bucks can't play like that. But I, but Andre the Kumpo yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. play. They like don't that. play like that. And half court said they don't. They don't function well. well so that's course. what happened. Can I, their point can guard I, is. Can I say one thing? So. Yeah. Can I say one thing? In no. The beginning of the season, when the Celtics beat the the Bucks, that's what the Celtics knew how to slow them down. Can I say something? though? No. I'm more worried about the Seventy Sixers in a seven game series. Than the Bucks in a seven game series. I just said that. But I'd also pick the Celtics, I think, in both of those series. Yeah. Just because, like, at the end of the day, I'm, like, I'm worried about two different things, right? The Bucks are, like, the better team, but the 76ers are a better matchup. But I still think at the end of the day, like, no one has a squad like Boston does. No one has a, that, like, like, I was watching the other night when they were playing the Pistons and, and Scal said something that fucking, like rang true to me, which I never agree with Scal. But he was like, "Yeah, that's right. Why would you break up this team? It's such a unique team, and it's so true. It's a unique team. No one has this amount of wings, this amount of scoring, you can add this to amount it. of defense, this amount of like, like you can like literally like if you don't break up this core, you add something to it like that. Then then you're just getting better and better. Yeah. Like the Celtics, I, I I do think they're still figuring it. Out. There's something to be like yeah, yeah. said to be a figuring. Yeah, but out see, right that's now. the thing, Sean. After what we saw last year, it's not even about getting the most putting together the most talented roster it's like how are they going to execute yeah you know that's yeah. the biggest lesson we learned from last season's team yeah because when the Celtics are on and we've seen it throughout throughout the this half of half a season so far 
they're they're pretty they're pretty hard to beat. Right? We can agree right. with that. Okay. Right before the three game skid, that's yeah. how we were feeling, right? What, oh, exactly. This team is gonna take off, this is it. Up until up until New Year's Eve. <laughs> you know, and you're like, Oh right. this team is a special squad, very versatile very versatile in terms of like what everybody brings to the table, but then injuries happen every year. And then now you're starting to see, okay, there's weaknesses, especially off the bench. I agree with Sean that you don't have to necessarily break up the core. Add a piece. And I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Add a piece. I'm, I've been, for the last two months, I've been saying with the whole big man thing or whether we want to address that, whether we want to see the Celtics address like uh, shooting, you know, I just think it all comes down to the waiver wire. Like, that's that's the avenue. Can Danny Ainge make a trade somewhere? I don't know. Whether it's a shooter like J.J. Redick or whatever. or I don't know. Crawford. Player X. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about someone that they, he doesn't make a trade for. Oh, yeah. That's an option, but I just don't think it's as well, I don't think it's likely because a lot of these guys or a lot of these players nowadays, like to match salaries, it's just really tough. He's in a really tough spot yeah, there. But there's 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 other guys that are making about like you know six seven million. Derrick Rose is one. Um, the guy from uh, the Wizards, what's his name? Bertans. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's another that's another guy. Uh, two guys. One is a guard, obviously, but veteran guard who comes off the bench and shooting pretty well. Uh, the other guy, he's a power forward, shoots pretty well from the three. I mean, you don't have you don't have big guys coming off your bench shooting threes. I don't hate the Derrick Rose idea. Yeah. I don't hate it. Seven mil. I mean, and, and it, obviously it depends that's on a, if the, that's just, a that's a motivated seven mil yeah. too. That that's someone who hasn't been anywhere near the the grand stage for quite some time. Now, yeah. So that's and Ainge has been on record saying he's not trading for a rental. He's signed through next season as well. Yeah. So yeah. That's something to think about. And the, and, the, right. and the Pistons are making everybody available pretty much in that squad. I mean, after seeing the Pistons last week, I don't hate that. I don't hate that uh, that opportunity if Danny can make that happen. We shall see. This episode of the Causeway Street Podcast is powered by ExpressVPN. You can stream every NBA game live for a fraction of the normal cost, thanks to ExpressVPN. And here's how it works. The NBA offers League Pass, which lets you stream games online, but if you live in the U.S. or Canada, it doesn't let you watch them all. Some games are blacked out. So what do you do? Fire up ExpressVPN and use it to change your location to a different country. Buy and use the NBA League Pass from there, and boom. No blackouts. And depending on your country, NBA League Pass could cost about $15 for the whole year. Doesn't that sound a lot better than $200? ExpressVPN works on your computer, phone, router, and consoles like Fire TV so you can watch all the games from any device. Even when I'm not watching the NBA, I have ExpressVPN on 24-7 because it also encrypts all my data, keeping it safe from hackers. Enjoy all 1,230 NBA games throughout the season in HD with the world's most trusted VPN. ExpressVPN. Get three months free at VPN.com slash street, after which you can sign up for NBA League Pass at a huge discount. You don't want to miss out on this deal. That's ExpressVPN.com slash street. For three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash street to learn more. Let's get back to this podcast. All right. Episode 200. It's about that time. 200! Time to wrap up this episode. We wrap up every single episode here on the Causeway Street Podcast, where we take our trip around the NBA with Joel's. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. For the 200th time. Because uh, the first episode, we didn't do this but okay 
like the first like twenty episodes of the news. Yeah. For the one hundred and eightieth time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually the hundred and eighty first time because there is a last episode that works in there at some point. I didn't get counted. Yeah. That was when we found Sway in the pool. What are you talking about? Oh no, there was there was a time actually we recorded a full episode and then the computer crashed. Oh, so that's two episodes. Then. That I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah that I don't know about the pool thing. Oh, you about. would have remembered that shit, man. That was awful. Well, as as we're recording episode two hundred, in case you missed it, breaking news. Like Woj up in this bitch. Portland has just traded Kent Bazemore and Anthony Tolliver. Damn, I do always getting traded. And the second Bazemore or Tolliver? Tolliver. <laughs> Tolliver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bazemore now. Well, basically, yeah, this is, this is Tolliver's third team. This is his third team in, in less than five like six years. Months. Yeah. <laughs> Tolliver's been everywhere. Uh, so, yeah, those two guys and a second round draft pick to the Kings for Trevor Ariza. I think that's a good move, actually. That's a weird get for, I think, I think the Hawks are going to, I mean, the, the Blazers are going to straight up move. So the Blazers have a chance this year? Yeah, they they all they always have. I, I don't know, man. I hate to say it. I thought they would be a lot. I don't better. think they do. Yeah, from, from, I thought they would be a lot better. And when you does Nurkic come back? Does Nurkic come back? What they did last year? I don't know. if Nurkic comes back. If he does, it's more towards like. If Nurkic comes March, back, April. if Nurkic comes back like soon, then they may have a chance. But I think they're addressing their concerns on the defensive end with this deal. Like that's that's why but, Nurkic uh, not having Nurkic is there. Been, but Ariza's not going to do anything for you. They need to make another deal then. Ariza's not going to do anything for them defensively. Well, what are you what were you saying? Yeah, oh, so Reese's not going to fix any of their problems. I, I'm I'm trying to say that. I think he helps like, defensively I, though. But well, look, but look, I, but I do more... think that but I do think that the Blazers have a lot more problems than Ariza can address because they look they traded they traded Evan Turner for Bazemore, right? Bazemore was a, a decent scorer in in Atlanta, and he was getting paid about the same that Evan Turner was. Yeah, and but he, why and why did Evan, Evan, Evan Turner was never? But why did they do that though? Because Evan Turner was never the guy that they ex- expected him expected right. them to be, but also because they needed or they wanted that three point shooter that could spot up, you could throw him in the okay. corner, and he was a constant threat. So that's what Bazemore I was, that, wasn't that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Bazemore was not that. Right. That's why Melo's there, and they're like, all right, we right. got we got someone that can play Bazemore's position for twenty two million dollars less. Bazemore, peace. Right. So he's gone, and now they have Ariza. Ariza can score. Three he's also gonna play defense. The three and D guy. And Tolliver's not gonna be sucking up minutes, you know. They need a they need a three. <laughs> <laughs> they need, that's that was not, a huge problem for, yeah, for yeah. the Blazers. Yes. No, anybody that's they playing need... Tolliver, because Tolliver definitely played. I didn't. I never watched a single Blazers <laughs> game all year, but I know Tolliver was in the rotation. That's what happens. They need a three and D guy. This is a, this is a great move for them. This is a good move. Um. So now their starting lineup looks like uh, McCollum, Lillard, Mello, Ariza, and Whiteside. Sounds yeah. a little bit better, but I just don't think I think I think like what what this tells me is that the Blazers are going. Um, they're they're go- not going in, but they're, they're going for it. They're going to also trade for. They're going to pick up another piece. You watch. You watch. You think so? Yep. I think this is their this is their way of saying that they're going for. I it. I think like don't be don't be surprised if you see Jamal Car- Crawford in a Blazers jersey now. Yeah. Like they're going to look for those cheap moves. Like be the first like time talking about you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good. Hey, he was I wouldn't be surprised. Blazers. He was. Yeah, he was he on was. the Jailblazers. Not the Jailblazers, but you know, the after post Jailblazers, yeah, post yeah. breakout J, uh, the breakout Blazers. Yeah, I mean the prison break Blazers. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> hey. Joel, what else we miss? Uh, in case you missed it, there was a another trade. What the Hawks have reacquired Jeff Teague with the uh, Blazers, so it was a three three player trade. Hey, Teague back where he belongs. Yeah, I like. 
Yo, Shout out many, to the Timberwolves for trading that guy because I thought that they would never find another team. How many strippers are so happy that in Atlanta that, accept his, him. that he's bad? Probably a lot. <laughs> you know they used to call him the booty biter. Okay. You're making this up. No, yeah, man. That's the booty thing. Booty biter. No. Jeff, the booty biter. Teague. Okay. Uh, Minnesota also never sending uh, Trevon Graham to the Hawks. And in return, they get Allen Crabb. I can't believe they gave up Trayvon Graham. but Yeah. So this move, because uh, Teague's on the last year of his deal, supposedly, reportedly, is clearing up cap space because the Wolves are trying to go after D'Angelo Russell from the Warriors. For in a trade? Not yeah, in a trade, obviously, but they're trying to get rid of cap space. So they're, they're trying gonna, to like clear gonna, up cap space. Well, they better trade Teague for D'Angelo Russell then, because they're not going to be able to just trade for him. If well, they the trade has been done already. Trade's been done already. But you can you can trade you can trade Teague down. That's no, what I mean. No, I'm talking about the Timberwolves. Timberwolves traded Teagues to the Hawks. Oh, the Timberwolves are trying to get Russell? Timberwolves are trying to get Russell. How? By clearing up cap space. Did he sign a one year deal? Mm Signed a four year deal. But so I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying the reporters out there that they're looking to try to get Russell. I don't know how, but they got rid of one point guard that, you know, was making a lot and trying to get trying to lure in another one. See, Wiggins I, for Russell. I I could see I could Wiggins see. for Russell. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's not a bad deal. They need a I three thought you, I thought you were going to say that this was trying to clear up space to get uh, uh like a big man on the on the Hawks because I think the Hawks are one big man away from being like a legitimate team. Like like not a big man, but nah, like they're a few pieces away. Like a Carl Carl Anthony Towns goes there. You know that's a big. If I'm Minnesota, I would do that. I, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is I don't want to say peaked, but he's yeah, shown but, who but, he's going to uh, be. But wait, wait. I mean, if you want Russell that badly, yeah. a, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. I, I would much rather build a team what, with not the Wiggins. guy I would target. But. I would, I, I would, I would much rather trade Wiggins for somebody else than Daniel Russell. <laughs> like, why is that the piece they're looking for? You know what I but mean? But it's enough, though. You that's know a, what I mean? That's What's re- enough? That's enough to get to do nothing. Russell. No, I'm saying it's enough to make the deal happen. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wiggins, yeah, Wiggins with him straight up. Yeah, no, that would straight work. up. That would, yeah, work. that would match. That would match. And if you're the Warriors, that's not bad because you have a hole. You have a glaring hole. But I would not only that at the three spot. Whether it's this year and then when or when Clay comes or back, next year. And, yeah, yeah this is all. This year, is obviously yeah. all about next year. Yeah, exactly. This is all about next year. You put Wiggins at the three, and Clay comes back, Steph comes back. It's not a bad. You're not in bad shape there. Yeah, Wiggins is going to play great defense on that team. Well, I didn't well maybe that. they I didn't don't need him to. Well, he's going to be the modern day Iguodala. Get Joel getting all defensive. Nah, I'm just walking around. Nah, I I think the Warriors will win the championship next year though. I don't think it's going to happen at all. But all right, I don't know what would compel you to say that. <laughs> In case you didn't know, Christian, in case you fucking missed it, Cavalier Tristan Thompson was uh was ejected for receiving his second tee after he quote butt slapped former teammate Jay Crowder the other night when the Cavs took on the Memphis Grizzlies. Rafi, <laughs> Slabas is a Slabas. What was Jay Crowder's reaction? He just Look, looked back at him. He was yeah. He was Tristan Thompson was at the free throw line and Jay Crowder was walking from one side, I guess, to the top of the key. When he just smacked him on the ass. Jay Crowder immediately turned around and was like, you can see in his face, like, what the fuck? Good game. Slap ass. The uh, ref teed him up. <laughs> Earlier in the game, though, this was, a, this was his second technical. I'm from the Dominican Republic. This, is, this was Tristan's second. We know two things. <laughs> Baseball and slap ass. <laughs> Tristan and uh, Crowder was teed up early in the game. So this was his second. This is how, this is how Tristan got his second te- technical for him. Rafi! No, <laughs> for aggressively <laughs> slap-assing. Slap-ass is slap-ass. Jay Crowder. 
They were going back and forth. Obviously, uh, Crowder was asked about at the no end of the game. No one says slap ass. <laughs> Only you. Crowder was on, asked man, about this at the end of the game. I need just a little bit of something before. No, I got kids. No one knows. No one knows this. No matter how many times we reference this, no one knows what we're talking about. Oh, uh, yo. Uh, good game. Stop. Yeah, that's the best. That's the best Key and Peel skit of all time. Of all time, that's the best Key and Peel skit of all yeah, time. Yeah, it's probably the best skit. That is. If you don't know, now you know. Is it weird I'm thinking that Mike Gorman's going to listen to this and think, mm-hmm. what's wrong with these three? Mm-hmm. No, slap ass. He's like, slap ass. He's be like, good thing I got off when I, when I left. No, Mike Gorman's going to be like, Slap ass. He's gonna be like, slap ass. He's gonna be like, don't call me for the 400th episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Don't call me at all. I got a pencil then. You need a drop? I'm sorry. That's what Prada was asked about this between the two of them. And it was like, oh, a lot of barking, no bite. Well, I'll just leave it at that. Crowder, obviously, as Sean mentioned, will be here in Boston this week. Wait, 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 wait. Why don't the Celtics trade for Drake Crowder? Because does he address the need that the Celtics big time buy out, buy out, buy out, How? buy out, buy out? Attitude? No, no, that's not that's not a need. No. The Celtics have attitude. No, no, no. What do you we mean, need Crowder? Of course they. What? We need Crowder. No. Are you kidding me? No. Coming off no. the bench? No. Could you imagine Crowder listen, coming listen, off the listen, bench? Listen, listen, bro? listen, listen. Defending what? the three We're point? talking about no. We're talking about two major pieces. <sighs> We're talking about a shooter, which Crowder. He's just saying no because I knows I love. Crowder. No, that's not even it. That's yeah, not even it. it. Is. Yeah, no, it that's is. not even it. I'm asking you. Does he address? Perfect. Does he address? Does he address rebounding? Does he address rim protecting? Does he address but that's shooting not a bench? That's not a big concern. My I need biggest, bench. I need bench. My concern, my concern with the Celtics team Crowder? is secondary scoring and defending the three. He does and both of those things. How about a veteran presence off the bench? I mean, you know, he does both all of those. The, all the guys that have been you know, mentioned in the last few weeks, why hasn't Crowder been mentioned that? Crowder hasn't been mentioned because the Grizzlies are doing like okay. Yeah. But I also think and who's that, mentioned Crowder? I mean, who's mentioned uh, also, Crawford? But we're mentioning it. Who yeah. Cares? I, I also I also think that everyone else in the Celtics fandom is fucking dumb. Like everyone's like, oh, we Drummond trade for Drummond. Yeah, we if, need if, Drummond. If anyone, if anyone ever says Drummond's going to answer Drummond, everything, they they should be they should be banned from the Garden, just like with the beer throwing guy. Like, like, I, f- I really feel like this should, <laughs> should be a meme. They should be a meme. They should be a meme when the beer is falling onto the floor that says like. Fans who say trade for Drummond and they all get banned for fucking life. You know what I mean? Because that's the dumbest fucking thing I ever heard. I'm all for trading Gordon Hayward, but you're not trading him <laughs> for Gordon for, for Damn, Andre Sean, Drummond. That's kind of terrible. But how do you say that when you just said <laughs> I'm all for trading? Twenty Gordon minutes Hayward. ago, that you're like you don't know the Suns don't need to trade this decor. No, but you're all for trading Gordon Hayward. No, I no. So, I know what you mean by that, but it came out really okay. Bad. I mean, if you can get if you can get a if you can get a big this name is, this player, is, this is what I want to avoid. If you get a big name player, I'm all for putting Garen Hay- Gordon right. Hayward, Bradley Beal, that type of stuff. Like you put him in the deal, but I'm good with the core. But Jay would, Crowder would be perfect. How would that work off the bench? How would that work with the, with with Bradley Beal? If you if you traded Gordon Hayward for Bradley Beal, where is Bradley Beal playing? The two. So where is Jalen Brown playing? The three. Because Jalen Brown has always played the three. And then Tatum plays the four, and you start Tice. And then that's it. I mean, Hayward starts right now. You just do the same thing with those three players. You put, But Hayward's gone. Okay. It's not a big... But, so, but you so, can't, so, you can't so trade... Perimeter, wait, so wait, 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 wait. Defense gets, Doesn't even gets matter. so much better with Beal, right? Doesn't even matter. You can't trade for Bradley Beal until after the season. So, so then, let's put that down right now. So then you brought it up. That's what I'm asking you. 
what I'm bringing up is trading for Jay Crowder, which fits a need for all for no, three points. You don't, you don't trade for him. You don't trade for him. You try to get him. You get him to do a buyout. He's not going to do a buyout. Then then it's done. Then because it, no, you're he, not giving he, he up makes pieces like for six million dollars a year. Who would you give up? You could for give Jay up. Crowder. You could give up semi old Jalay and like he a fucking like another. Oh yeah, rookies. Memphis would be pumped to do that deal. No, and 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 uh, okay, you say hey, you want your pick back? Like you you're gonna finish twentieth in the league anyway. You would give up that pick for Jay Crowder for the twentieth <laughs> overall pick. Still, and I know this draft isn't great, but this is Jay Crowder we're talking about. Jay Crowder's the second oh, rounder. The final year of his deal, they don't care. Jay Crowder is worth the second space. round. You don't give up a first round. They're for looking for cap space, so they they could they could have semi Ojale could play a piece. You put Robert Danny, Williams in that Danny, deal, Danny, fine. Danny Take not, Robert Williams. No, he's not bro. trading a draft pick for a rental guy. Robert Williams, I I'm still okay. I'm listen, not going to put Robert the Memphis Williams pick back in there, but Robert Williams, I would put in that deal. Okay, if we're talking oh, about oh, so if you're talking about the end of the bench players, this and that. Okay, I'm down, but I don't think I don't think Memphis will do it. They'll take Taco. They'll sell tickets, baby. Actually, they probably. What they talk about? They take taco. I, you know they take taco. I do not see this other straight taco. John Morant just throwing up oops to taco all day, bro. Jerry Jackson's like, what the fuck? Yeah, John Morant's a beast, by the John way. John Morant's a fucking. He's an he's, he's rookie of the year. He's the next dude. He's the next dude. Zion or John Morant? Who has a better career? Ja. Put you on the spot. Ja. Yeah. Unless Ja has Penny Hardaway syndrome, Ja's the Penny best player Hardaway's. in the Ja's the, Ja's the next Penny. No, for real. Ja Ja looks like Penny Hardaway out there. You don't see that? Who's Zion? Zion looks like Sean Kemp. After like, the cocaine? That's what I was about to say. He looks like Sean Kemp. And Cleveland Sean Kemp. After. He looks he looks like fat Sean Kemp playing Orlando like skinny Magic. Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp. But I think he'll turn into fat Sean Kemp. Like Zion will be like all Oliver Miller fat eventually. But yo, Mike Gorman used to have like the most subtle shade towards Sean Kemp whenever they played against Sean Kemp. Oh. He would just talk about how fat he is. It was the funniest thing. Well, Sean Kemp. Like seriously, like, they, I'm not quite sure what happened with Sean Kemp, but I think he ate Sean Kemp. Or something, I don't know. So like little <laughs> stuff like that. I'm just like it was so funny. You know what? You know what's funny? There's like there's like a like, picture that always like, pops wow. up when he would grab a rebound. Like wow, he like it looked like he didn't even jump when he grabbed that. Like, Does he have any like vertical that. anymore? Right, right. No, there's a funny picture of like <laughs> of like the 1999 Eastern Conference All Star team and like Sean Kemp. I think it's the a, last one he made in a Cavs jersey, like the yeah, black and like blue Cavs yeah. jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just look at the picture and you're like, with the orange in it. Yo, Rick Smiths and who the fuck is? Oh my god, it's Sean. <laughs> that's oh my god, he made an All Star team look like that. It's it's like yo, he made it on he made it on legit his name alone, bro. Yo, I oh, saw no, this dude that that, that All Star game you're talking about. That was ninety eight, I think. That was ninety eight, ninety eight, because it was in Cleveland. I think he was alone. Yeah, no, which that's is, not, by the way, which is why, which yeah. is why, I think it's ninety eight. No, no, it was ninety eight. It was ninety eight. I think it was ninety seven. Pretty sure it was ninety seven. I'm pretty sure it was ninety eight. I'm pretty sure it's twenty twenty, and we have technology to look this stuff up. So why don't we do that? Ninety eight was New York. Pretty sure. Ninety nine, there was no All Star game because of the lockout. That's true. I will say this: the reason why Zach Levine's going to make it over Jalen Brown because it's in Chicago. See, I was going to promote you a little, you know. Little piece. My piece been it's been doing pretty good, huh? Nah, Joel's pissed because you talked about Southern Strain for Jay Crowder. So yeah. look what you did. No, yeah, he's pissed that I want to see a guy come back. That That's I not like. it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm also a Jay Crowder fan. I never should. I know Jay you Crowder. were a Jay Crowder all fan. Right, but, Why can't you have him come back then? But because you just want all the old guys. <laughs> that I love how you said like he like he has control. Why can't you have him come back? Yeah. <laughs> he fits you just, you just, you just want all the you want all the form. If Isaiah was available, you would want him too. You yeah, just right. want all those guys back, and I get it. You know they were they were great effort guys. I don't want Avery Bradley. I understand all that, but like 
Realistically. I don't want Evan Turner. Every, realistically. I don't want Sullinger. Will you shut the fuck up? I want Crowder. That's all. Realistically, would he be part of the future? No, right? He'd be a part of this year, though? No, he wouldn't be a part of the future. Danny Ainge is not training a draft pick for a fucking You don't need a draft pick. You, you said a draft pick. For real, I would I would say, you know what, Memphis, you give us a draft pick and Jay Crowder for your draft pick this year and Robert Williams. I would say that. Give us a future draft <laughs> That's pick. That's an awful trade. You kidding? Why? Because like Robert Williams, one, he's not even healthy, and yeah. two, he hasn't shown anything. But they may see him as they that may will see him make as, a team think that he could be a rotational they player. They're going to want a rotational player. I don't know. Okay, whatever. A rotation then guy. throw Carson Edwards in a deal. I don't care. <laughs> you hate that dude. I'll tell you this much, man. Last week, Zion Williamson was going through his his, his pregame routine that he's been doing lately, and this dude could not catch his breath. Like he was exhausted. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how he looks when he first comes back. Yo, he's fat and he's hasn't been playing now. No, he so hasn't. That's not good. Trust me, he has not. Like and and like, like one of the assistant coaches was talking to him. He needed a minute to catch his breath. He couldn't speak after like. A two-minute workout. It was something brief. <laughs> he was just completely winded. The funny thing is, too, is like, like Yo, they just had a gigantic this? game at 3.30 on ABC, and they didn't pick that game for him to come back in, even though he's definitely healthy because he's oh, dunking yeah. in lines. They're like, no, we're just going to put him in like a, a night game eventually so he can play like 15 minutes and not look winded. He's healthy, but he's not healthy. Like, It's going to take him a while to get back to, to get in shape. This, All right. This dude's been kicking it on bourbon for like the last two months. Yo, this motherfucker needs to go vegan or keto or some shit. Oh, fucking. We're going to see another Sean Kemp action happening pretty fucking soon. That's not good. At least Zion is the 15th best selling jersey, even though he's played um, a game or two this season. 15th, huh? 15th. The NBA released their top selling jerseys, and Jason Tatum is at number four. Fuck yeah! I was in my ear. <laughs> Kevin Walker's at number 14. So he just barely beat out Zion. That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> Yo, Jason Tatum. Who wants, to, who wants to fuck with Jason Tatum in the future of the Celtics? Who's number one, guys? The people speak to, guys uh, LeBron seen. James. Number two? Luka Doncic. Ante the Kumpo. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Should have guessed that. Steph is number three, even though he's play, barely played this season. Uh, we ready to say Tatum. James Harden is number five. Luca is number six. Kawhi number seven. You know, even with jersey sales, Joel's got to throw some shade at Steph Curry. Kind of like, what? <laughs> it wasn't no, shade. Curry, even Curry, though he has no, barely no, played no, this no. year. Curry <laughs> hasn't played all year, and he's number five, right? All right, I'm done. I'm done. No, he, he actually done, gave I'm him done. some props right there. No, because he, you, you, were like, you were like, oh, no, it's Luca. He's Luca number three. I'm like, no, it's actually Steph Curry. I was just fucking correcting him, but whatever. That's it. That's uh, that's all I got for this ep- edition of Vacation Missed. Hey, it. I'm surprised Clay Thompson isn't. This above. is the last Vacation uh, Missed it ever. Curry, I'm done. <laughs> no more in case you missed it. If you want to go on to our website, CausewayStreet.com, follow us on all social media platforms. If you want to, at Causeway Street. That's you right. Peep, you can peep Sean's. I don't know. Out of retirement. What are we calling this? Yeah, I've been. I've been. I've been. It's been a long time. I think you're about a week off, though. I shouldn't have left you. That whole, <laughs> that whole uh, Jalen to the All Star team, like that's it's died down because he's been playing so bad lately. If you would have put this out and then he played, it's kind of like what you did with Carson Edwards. You went on this tirade well, about how he's that, he going to be awful, and then he was awful, and I was like, oh shit. And then this time, Jalen Brown was awful for a week, and then you're like, yeah, he's not going to be an All Star. We're like, yeah, it's not looking too good right now. 
If you did it a week before, it would have been perfect. Bro, you know, at the height of his, I did success. do it at the height. No, he didn't. He's been playing terrible last. He had three one games. bad game. I posted yeah, he had it, one bad and I but I've been saying it. Terrible. Did you post it after or before? I've been Milwaukee saying game? it on the po- before. before. I've been saying it on the podcast for 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 what three weeks now? Oh, okay. Three weeks I've been saying this. Like, I told you guys like, not to get your panties in a bunch when you didn't make the All Star team. Yeah. Then I wrote about it and I proved the facts. But and the thing, like, if we had Mike though, on last week, I would have had a Jalen Brown question. Yeah, but this I mean, week I didn't. If you you made you made valid points, but it's not it's not like it's the fans who have nothing to do with him making the All Star team. If he's if you're if you're talking about him being a reserve, it's the coaches and the GM. Yeah, I but know, then you did I a good know, job. You did a good job with the list, though. The list of players that the list is legit, though, right? Yeah. Um, I'd put Jalen presentation. Is. I'd put Jalen up a couple more slots, but you how 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 who who you put him up? So wait, to every, for everyone in, for everyone who doesn't read Causeway uh, Street, I guess I should get this article out then. Let's go. The list <laughs> so goes. The, no, no, I got it. I got you. you got it in your head. The list goes. The two who are going to get voted in is right. Kemba and Trey Young. So you those assume. are one and two. You assume. Well, if, if if now this is assuming that Kyrie Irving dies. Or Kyrie Irving, everyone realizes how much a phony he is, and all his comments take him out of the starting lineup. Because when I wrote the other, wait, do you have the new fan voting? I think they they put a new one out. So Kemba, Kemba. so so the top, the top, so the way the way I look at it, right? Kemba should start. The only the only chance that Jalen Brown has to make the All Star team is if Kyrie doesn't get voted in as a starter, right? Because if Kyrie gets voted in as a starter. Then you're looking at Trey Young and Kyrie in the backcourt to start, and then you have to look at Kemba as number three. Yeah, but it's not going to go in that order. Like I feel like you're you're looking at the voting yeah. as if like the top four or five guards are going to make the team no matter what. Like, I'm looking at the voting and saying like it, be, it doesn't it, it be, doesn't it matter about the Kyrie, voting. I'm saying number and one and number two. You know. I'm saying number one and number two. But but no, Trey Young's way ahead, right? He's not way ahead. Trey Young's what? It's only like you said. It's only like. It's like only two. How many votes does Trey Young have today? He has, well, whatever, whenever, <laughs> whenever this came out, two million <laughs> today. <laughs> two million. What the fuck, I question that. Yeah. How do we get? <laughs> he has two million when the, from the last returns. Two million, and Kyrie has one point eight. And how much does Kemba have? One point seven. But okay, that's only like twenty thousand votes difference. All right, between Kemba and so, Kyrie. So, so you think the voting is going to continue on, and somehow Trey Young is going to get less votes because I think Trey Young's a lock for a starter. Trey Young's number one in the Eastern Guards right now for All Star voting. Yeah, he's now, well, number, it helps the fact that Kyrie is back. So number two, number two is going to be between Kemba and Kyrie. Now, if Kemba gets it, Kyrie's not making the All Star team this year. If Kyrie gets it, then you got to slot Kemba in as number three, and then there's no way in hell you're telling Bradley Beal, who's scoring nearly 28 points a game, that he's not an All Star this year. In your piece, the problem is with Beal. It isn't with, let me see who else on this. It's not with Lowry. I think Jalen's been playing better, way better than Ben Simmons. I think he's playing way better than fucking Zach Levine. I think he's playing way better with fucking Van Vliet made it on here somehow, but you know what I'm saying? Like Those Canadians, bro. <laughs> no, that's why Van Vliet didn't make my article. But no, 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 ready? Okay. You want the hierarchy? You want the hierarchy in NBA, NBA guard play? You got number one, number one, you got to give to Trey Young this year. Number two, you got to give to Kemba. Number three is Bradley Beal. Now, number four, in my opinion, this year, it's Kyle Lowry. I hate Kyle Lowry, but, I mean, he's taken the okay, team. but those four guys can make it, and so can Jalen Brown. 
But that's what, that's what realistically, trying, that's what no. Realistically, no. Because you got two starters, you got two reserves. Then after that, anybody who gets voted in after those four slots are going up against the forward spots. Okay? So that means that you're going to have to make a decision between Zach Levine, who's a guard, which I think actually is number five on this list. And then you're going to have to make a decision between Sabonis. You're going to have to make a decision between Tatum, uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton. All those players are going to be thrown in that mix. And then you're going to make a decision and say Jalen Brown's going to be better than them? No, man. It's not going to happen this year. It's <laughs> <laughs> the coaches and GMs, bro. Coaches don't matter, and GMs. Don't matter. Coaches no, and GMs, It's not going to happen this year. It's <laughs> fucking logic. Coaches and GMs. If the Celtics continue to you know, be the second or third, fuck it. We'll just say the second seed just for the sake of argument. You're going you're, you're gonna to tell me that a GM is going to be like, oh, man. Time out. Time out. Who's the second seed right now? It's Miami. Who's the second best player on Miami? I don't know. It's not Bam. It's Bam. Are you fucking kidding me? It is Bam. It is Bam. And Bam's going to be an all-star this year. And somebody's going to tell me. But what did I say? What did I say with this whole three all-stars, Celtics all-stars? What did I say over the fucking summer? They have to come where. They have to be somewhere near the fucking USA top of the conference. And they're not. They're so far. They've fallen off. And Bam Adebayo should have made the USA team, and he fucking didn't. And that's Greg Popovich's fault that they lost the fucking, in the fucking, and they finished sixth. Because Bam would have got you third, at least. And guess who, and guess who Greg Popovich loves? Do I got to tell you or you want to guess? Jalen fucking Brown. That's oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I would have taken Bam out of Bayou over Jalen Brown on that on that USA team any day. Of the week. After the Hawks, I had the Spurs as probably the favorite to win in the Jalen Brown sweepstake. If the Celtics didn't resign him, like he was he was gone. If the oh, Celtics didn't gone. lock him in, he he's gone. gone. Oh, he was definitely gone. Yeah, people would have paid over. Which is the same thing going to happen with Tatum. That's why I got to lock him up too, man. Yeah, that's true. Like, they, like, yeah, we're all on the same page. All right, we can wrap this up. All right. Are we up out of here, guys? Everyone, of course, you know how much we appreciate you listening. It's episode 200, motherfucker. You loyal fans out there, we have reached episode 200, and we are not slowing down whatsoever. Appreciate it, guys. We're we putting the pedal to the fucking metal. Absolutely. Balls to the fucking wall. Causeway 200. Causeway. Hashtag. Exactly. Also, got a sick Causeway Street sweatshirt. You see the shit, bro? Yeah, man. It looks great. Shout out to I love Boston Sports. Shout out. They got the straight out of Causeway. <laughs> Peep yeah. that on the on the Causeway Snapchat. Yeah, that shit was fire. I was walking in the mall. I was pushing Jordan in the stroll. And I was like, hold the fuck on. What do we have here? This was during his uh, his sober streak, which is, if you, haven't, if you can't tell by now, it's been broken. Hey. Hey, don't tell everyone that. Don't yeah, it's been mad broken. <laughs> Look at him. Hey, listen to him. What are you talking about? <laughs> he even kicked it up a notch after Mike Gorman's yeah. hey. conversation. Hey, after the conversation with Mike Gorman, you hey. were like, no one needs to, no one needs to know. Mike, cut Mike, that shit out. Mike's gonna be like, Mike's gonna be like, was there a fourth guy in there that I didn't know about? I really like that Sean guy, but who was the other guy on the podcast? <laughs> Sean was like, that interview was the shit. <laughs> Greatest thing that's ever happened. Fuck yeah, yo, oh. seriously, guys, that was dope. Was it not? It was. It was. I'm not fucking lying when it I was. say shit. It was. Just like I'm not lying when Jane Brown's not going to wake down. Hey, man, why you got to bring that up? All right. I got to say, say this. Causeway Street fans, you guys are the best. Um, it's been a long ride, and we've grown to a point where we want to grow to, but we want to get bigger. So that means you got to tell your friends, and you got to tell your friends to tell your friends. You got to tell your friends to tell your friends to tell your friends to tell their Uber drivers. 
<laughs> to tell their friends. You really get the word out. That's how you get the word that's out. That's how you get the word out. We're going to conquer all Uber drivers in 2020. I think that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Fucking iTunes. iTunes. We're, on, we're actually on the radio.com mobile we're, app as We're well. on Google Podcasts. There, there was a little bit of a controversy yeah, the, there for the, a minute. We're, I, I listen to Google Podcasts. It's the only thing I listen to. We're on there. There you go. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Appreciate it. All right. We're up out of here. All right, man. See you guys next week.